The Medical College of Wisconsin Office of Student Health and Wellness presents Well, 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 where each episode a very special guest and I discuss what it means to be well in the world of health science education. Welcome to this episode of Well, Well, Well. We have a very important topic today of racial disparities in maternal health and the role of the doula. And we actually have four special guests on today's episode. Tony Whitaker serves in the Department of Radiology as a program manager collaborating with teams on programmatic initiatives such as leadership development and diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. She's the mother of two children and aspires to be a certified doula supporting growing families in the Milwaukee community. Rashida Butler Jackson has worked in nonprofit management and direct service for almost 15 years. She is the founder of RBJ Communi- Community Consulting, where she works to support nonprofits, community organizations, and social entrepreneurs with sustainability, evaluation, facilitation, and pro- project management. Rashida is a Milwaukee native and a proud Milwaukee Public Schools alumna graduating from Rufus King High School. She attended the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee for both her undergraduate and graduate education. She is a proud wife and mommy who loves people and loves to serve her community. Dalvery Blackwell is executive director and co-founder of the African American Breastfeeding Network, AABN. She is a certified lactation consultant and holds a bachelor's in journalism and communications. The AABN was established 15 years ago to improve maternal child health and champion breastfeeding equity. The organization is committed to advancing system and policy changes, partnering with allies, and implementing community-based, family-centered, culturally-tailored health education and support services. Through Mrs. Blackwell's leadership and vision, AABN has built eminent goodwill in the community and has been recognized and featured in local, state, and national media and reports. Mrs. Blackwell's awards and recognitions include the 2023 Black Excellence Award, 2021 Wisconsin Public Health Association Award for Excellence in Health Promotion and Disease Prevention, and 2017 Woman of Commitment Award from the Wisconsin Alliance for Women Health and the Milwaukee Community Journal 2018 Year of Child, a Game Changer honoree. Dr. Palotnik is the Patrick J. and Margaret G. McMahon Endowed Chair and an Associate Professor in Obstetrics and Gynecology, Division of Maternal Fetal Medicine at MCW. Dr. Palotnik's research focuses on reducing health disparities in preeclampsia and gestational diabetes and improving health outcomes for birthing people during and after pregnancy. She has had broad training and experience with clinical trials. She runs a large clinical research division in the MCW OB-GYN department and is the PI for several NIH-funded clinical trials involving birthing people. She has over 80 peer-reviewed publications, with 32 of them having a mentee as a first author. I hope that you all enjoy this episode. Be well. Okay, so we are here today to have what I am certain will be conversation. Um, Even with our limited time, I know we could probably spend hours on this very important topic of racial disparities health. Um, and excitingly, we have the most guests ever on the Well 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 podcast with four people tuning in 
um, share some of their own lived experience, to share their expertise within this area, and to share what amazing things are happening in our community to support progress in, on this topic. So just to get us started, Dr. Palatnik, I think many people are aware that these disparities to an extent, um, but could you maybe share a few statistics just to help help level set? Yes, <clears throat> thank you, Carrie. Um, and, as you mentioned, despite spending more on maternity care than any other country, the U.S. rate of maternal death has risen since 2000, and the risk of death from complications related to pregnancy and childbirth in the United States exceeds that of any other high-income country. Blackbirding people are more than three times as likely as white people to die from pregnancy-related causes. And uh, it's important to note that these disparities persist regardless of income, education, geography, <clears throat> and other socioeconomic factors. If we look specifically at statistics for Milwaukee, uh, where we are recording the podcast and where we provide prenatal care, we have to talk about the adverse effects associated with residential segregation, concentrated poverty, and neighborhood conditions that result in perpetuated racial disparities in all health outcomes, not just pregnancy, but it also affects uh, maternal health outcomes. Uh, while nationwide, as I said earlier, black women are three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes compared to white women. Uh, in Wisconsin, it's eight times more likely. They're eight times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than Hispanic women and five times more than white women. The 2016-2017 Wisconsin Maternal Mortality Report revealed that while uh, Black, non-Hispanic, Asian, and Hispanic mothers made only 24% of Wisconsin births, they represented nearly 42% of pregnancy-related death. Besides maternal death, uh, which uh, still relatively rare uh, event, maternal morbidity is much more prevalent. It affects one in 100 deliveries uh, in the hospital uh, in Wisconsin, and we also see disparities in maternal morbidity. So this is kind of a brief overview of these uh, terrible statistics. Right, and definitely highlights, I think, the reason we're all here to have this conversation today, and hopefully not just today, ongoing conversations about this. Um, to at the very least spread awareness and then I think hopefully talk about some too. And I know today we're gonna get into uh, the role of the doula and how that may support um, pregnant individuals. Actually um, here to share her own story with us. So Rashida, feel free to take it away. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, so yeah, I am a um, mom of one, I have a four-year-old. And so um, I, you know, became a mom. And then shortly after I became a mom, we moved into the pandemic. And so my experience and my journey with motherhood um, has been a little different. But um, one of the things that has helped me tremendously with um, adjusting, being a mom, and even through my pregnancy was my experience with my doula. Um, I unfortunately um, had a pregnancy loss 
prior to having my son. And so because I was an older mom, um, I was coming off of a miscarriage and then I had some other issues, um, health issues, I had a very high risk pregnancy. Um, and with my first pregnancy, my husband and I did not have a doula, but I was very familiar with doulas and midwives. Um, I had uh, been exposed to um, a lot of programming and information through the African American Breastfeeding Network, through um, other organizations in the city who focused on prenatal care, parenting, breastfeeding advocacy, particularly for Black women. So it was something I was really familiar with, but I didn't truly understand the importance of a role of a doula until I had experienced that pregnancy loss, right? And there was this huge fear when my husband and I decided we wanted to try again. Um, and unfortunately, there were times as we were trying again, as we were preparing um, in hopes of, you know, becoming pregnant again, where I wasn't always heard, um, where my thoughts and my feelings were kind of dismissed, right, in the healthcare space. And so I really had to have hard conversations with healthcare providers. I had to have hard conversations with my doctor um, about the things I wanted and the things I needed coming off of my miscarriage. Um, and so we decided, you know what, we need to get a doula. We need to have someone who can help to advocate, help us us to navigate this space um, because, you know, we already have enough stress, we already have enough fear, um, and we want to have someone that can help us. And so having a doula and being a Black woman, trying, being a Black woman um, who's had a miscarriage, who's had a pregnancy loss, who has all these other things that have happened, um, going into another pregnancy made all the difference in the world. Um, and, you know, I, I can't tell you what the exact statistics are, but I know that um, Black women in particular are more likely to be um, dismissed with healthcare providers. We are more likely to, you know, um, be overlooked when we come in and we talk about certain symptoms or certain pains that we're having. Um, we're misdiagnosed, right, more often than, than other races and, and genders. And so um, having a doula was a game changer for me. And what I realized in my community is that a lot of Black women still don't know what doulas are. They still don't know what midwives mm -hmm. are. So when I would talk to folks and say, well, my doula told me this and my doula taught me this, um, I find myself doing a lot of educating and advocating in my community. Um, and so I'm hopeful that doulas can continue to be prioritized. Um, I'm hoping that we can continue to get more financial support um, and healthcare advocacy and support for doulas and midwives um, because those statistics that we just heard are really scary. Um, and unfortunately, they're real. And I, I see it in my community every single day with the women I'm connected to. Um, so doulas and midwives are a small way um, that women can be heard, advocated for, and supported in pregnancy. And I I do believe that having a doula in my life and other women that I've talked to helped us to get through pregnancy and not just pregnancy, but adjusting to motherhood as well. Rashida, thank you. It's We have the statistics and then we have stories like yours that just make it so much more visceral, you know, for folks. And yeah. I appreciate you so much for, for sharing your story and being an educator and an advocate and all, all the good things. You're wonderful. Thank you. Um, this has been great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Mrs. Blackwell, uh, it's obvious that for Rashida, the role of the doula was so crucial in her journey. Is there anything else you would add about the role of a doula and what they play in pregnancy and birth? Yes. Um, good afternoon, everyone. And thank you so much for joining. Rashida, your story is very important. Um, it helps centers the work and also elevates the work that we're doing uh, in Southeastern Wisconsin. 
Um, having a doula can mitigate some of the challenges and fears of Black birthing uh, women. Um, we know that um, doulas are trained professionals. They provide emotional, physical, and also informational support um, to experienced moms, but also to new moms who really need the support of um, a pregnancy companion or a birth companion is also often what we refer to as a doula. Um, a doula can also extend that support to the extended families so that uh, birthing families can have safe and healthy and positive birth experiences. And also with Black and BIPOC women, they can birth with dignity and respect, which is also um, noticed or uh, is not there often. There's also many different types of doulas. And I think the doula that um, we just heard uh, speaking from Rashada was probably a full spectrum doula or a birth doula who assists during pregnancy and labor and childbirth. There's also the importance of postpartum doulas because we know that Black mater maternal mortality happens within that first year after giving birth. And so postpartum doulas are very um, helpful in providing support, helping uh, uh, mothers who deliver really navigate the healthcare system, help them with baby care and also uh, household chores, very important work. And then there's also a, a fertility doula that can help during conception process and may be especially beneficial for families who are struggling to get pregnant, right? So that the good news is, is that there's many different types of doulas um, that really can support and, and doulas are seen as a possible, you know, best practice. And Mrs. Blackwell, what concerns and do you hear people expressing regarding birth, like especially in those hospital settings? Like what are you hearing from pregnant and birthing individuals? We are hearing concerns that we've been hearing and um, questions uh, for many, many years. I would say the last decade, the same concerns is, um, like Rashida just said eloquently, I don't feel heard. Mm -hmm. I don't feel seen. Um, my, I don't feel that my partner is welcomed in this space, um, even when they are receiving prenatal services and the partner is there. Sometimes the um, the pregnant person is looked directly at by their provider and their their partner is not even acknowledged to be present, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we often hear that, you know, I don't feel heard, I don't feel seen. And then also what we're, what we're hearing a lot of is that I don't feel that my doula is welcome in this space. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't, I, I don't feel that my previous, the previous harm that was done is being um, acknowledged and my birth plan or my birth wishes are not being um, acknowledged as well or even brought up in conversations with providers. Right. And back over to Dr. Palatnik, what are birth and breastfeeding outcomes when a doula is involved? 
Yeah, th thank you for um, this question. I will add and uh, just um, highlight what Mrs. Blackwell shared. Um, sure. We know we have evidence that doula assisted births reduce cesarean delivery, cesarean birth. They reduce the use of pain medications and even time in labor. Uh, in addition to this, uh, you know, clinical outcome we can measure. Um, I completely uh, agree and, and want to echo what has been said that uh, doulas assist with care navigation, with health education, health literacy, and, and they provide culturally congruent social support during pregnancy and birth and postpartum, including support with breastfeeding. We know that, for example, breastfeeding rates are increasing overall. Uh, but but we do see disparities uh, in, in the breastfeeding race by age, race and ethnicity. For example, if we look at the Wisconsin uh, birth certificate data, we, we see that white mothers are about twice as likely to breastfeed at discharge from the hospital compared to uh, black mothers. Um, and, and having the dual support at the postpartum period with the uh, breastfeeding is immense. And um, the same um, um, data that was shared by uh, Mrs. Blackwell that the Maternal death is more likely to occur after delivery in, in the first uh, few weeks, months after delivery. Um, and, and that's when a patient uh, stops seeing her prenatal um, provider or clinician regularly postpartum. Uh, women are not being seen in, until at least six weeks postpartum. So having dual support during that critical time uh, can save lives. Amazing. Wow. And our very own Tony Wittick a doula. So Tony, and, and per our conversation before we started recording, it sounds like nearly there, or if not, catch us up what that experience has been like for you, what's been involved. Yeah, absolutely. Can you all hear me okay? Yes. Perfect. Thank you all for listening to this very imperative conversation. It is an epidemic of what we're facing. And so we all need to see ourselves in the solution. And so seeing myself in the solution, I didn't know exactly what that was, being a Black woman and having an adverse experience similar to what Mrs. Blackwell mentioned, not being heard after I gave birth to my daughter and having to go home and um, know that I was not well and I was not heard. And it put me in a very, very difficult situation medically. And so from that moment, um, having my daughter almost 13 years ago, she's my youngest child, I knew that I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what it was. And so the idea of becoming a doula entered into my mind and heart 10 years ago. And so fast forward to now and the connection with Mrs. Blackwell and the African-American Breast Network and Health Connect One and this community-based doula training, and I think that's important to um, invite into the conversation. It's community-based. It's women that look like the women we want to serve that may have similar challenges that um, the women we serve might have. And so this experience for me um, has been one of the most amazing things I've done in my life. And I do not say that um, to just sound pretty. It is the truth. And it's allowing me to look at how the way we have been taught and the way that we have been doing things in the healthcare setting has to shift. It is a must. 
And that's why we're here in this space. That's why Dr. Polotnik is here in this space and Mrs. Blackwell are here in this space for so many years. Because the reality is when you think about a doula, as Rashida mentioned, a doula elevates the voice of the patient. It does not replace the voice of the patient. And so when we think about how black women and women of color aren't heard, it's not because they don't have a voice. It's just because it's not being heard. And so we want to ensure that they are informed, that they are cared for, and that they are heard. And that providers look at doulas as partners and not problems. Because we are. We all need to be a part of this work. And so this journey for me has been um, amazingly humbling and there's so much work to do, unfortunately, right? The fact that I have to be a doula is kind of disheartening, but it's, this is where we are. And I'd rather be a part of the solution than just gravel over the problem. Um, and so again, the inspiration for this is, is black women and babies. This is why I'm doing this because I love both of them and they need all of our support and love and we can change this narrative. We can change this engine because it's going to happen. We have to be willing to accept that and be excited about that because lives are at stake literally. And so that's my motivation. Yes. I can see the, the, the vastness of the compassion and support that willing to provide others and I could only imagine how much of a difference you're going to make out there Tony so we all I think we speak for every I say we appreciate you and the commitment you're making it's amazing thank you and in the in the vein I guess of progress and potential solutions Mrs. Blackwell can you tell us more about the important work that you're all doing at the African-American Breast Network for Families Yes, my organization was formed uh, 15 years ago to address um, disparities and inequalities. And of course, we started looking um, from a repro uh, reproductive lens and really honing in on breastfeeding initially. Uh, but of course, it's not just, you know, breastfeeding inequalities and uh, breastfeeding challenges that uh, families face. We also noticed that many uh, birthing people are need support, um, particularly during pregnancy, during labor and delivery, and of course postpartum. So my organization, um, we offer breastfeeding support services by community community uh, breastfeeding specialists. We call them. We have three. We offer classes uh, prenatally, and we also support uh, in-home lactation support uh, for families with challenges or questions regarding breastfeeding. Uh, people who are breastfeeding can also visit uh, with a lactation consultant. I'm a lactation consultant uh, by making a one -on appointment with me for one-on-one -on -one consultation. And as Tony alluded to earlier, she's part of uh, amazing community-based doula training. My organization is implementing the Health Connect One's community-based doula training. Um, Tony is one of 17 uh, BIPOC um, I consider them leaders in the community who are compassionate and uh, about this issue of centering uh, black and brown families and um, creating a safe space for families to birth, uh, particularly in a hospital setting. Our training, um, I think 
this coming Saturday, the training will be um, the 18th. So there's 20 total trainees that uh, women like Tony who will become certified after they complete the 20 week training. So we're really excited to actually be expanding the workforce by hiring community-based uh, doulas. Uh, we're really excited to um, just discover together uh, where their work will land them and what opportunities they will have to uh, support birthing families as a doula. And so um, those are just a few things that we're doing to elevate um, the uh, people voices and center the care of BIPOC people. And I really like what Tony just said that um, doulas are considered partners in birth care, not problems. Um, mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that we continue to center the work of doulas and really elevate their voices in their work. And at the same time, provide opportunities to reprieve and to rest. Yes. I have to acknowledge you said um, just a few things. And I mean, it sounds like you're all doing a ton. And again, I can definitely feel the vastness of the compassion and the support that you all provide. And I know this has come up a couple of times, this idea of um, integrating tra the traditional health system and doulas and how it, that can be a little bit of a strained area. So Dr. Palatnik, just looking a little bit, how, how do you foresee the traditional health system and doulas integrating, or how do you feel like we can improve that important relationship? Yeah, yeah, we can definitely improve this relationship. Uh, I agree that doulas should be viewed as partners and not problems. I think one of the reasons, in my opinion, why the current model is not perfect is that the connection between the doulas, the team and the patient happens very late in pregnancy, actually on labor and delivery most of the time at birth. And we're missing the opportunity to bring the people together earlier during the prenatal care. So they have the doulas come and um, accompany the patient for prenatal visits, meet the healthcare team, uh, and start working on that message that we are partners early on from the beginning. And a culture change has to occur on labor and delivery floor where all uh, the you know, medical students, residents, uh, nursing staff um, are, are being accustomed, used to having doulas on, on the floor and working together with the doulas, um, working, you know, to reduce or even eliminate any kind of tension that uh, sometimes can happen. So one idea that uh, Mrs. Blackwell and I and a few additional partners are working is to create this new model, maybe not integrated, maybe more collaborative mo model, because community doulas should still remain community doulas. Uh, you know, there's some, um, some hospital systems employ doulas and there are hospital-based doulas, but um, I really agree with, uh, with Tony and Mrs. Blackwell that the community doulas should come from the community and represent the interest and the people of the community. So not replacing doulas with hospital-based doulas, but working on collaborative model and uh, getting everyone comfortable in the space of working with the doulas and the clinicians and being uh, comfortable and welcoming to the doulas on labor and delivery and that, that's uh, the project we'll be working over the next few years to create that at uh, Freighter than the Medical College of Wisconsin. Yes. And I know, Dr. Polotnik, that you're working on a grant as well. Is that re directly related to this or is that on another topic? 
Yeah, this this is one of the uh, pieces of that big grant that we have. We just recently been awarded uh, to be a maternal health research center of excellence, where we are working directly to adduce, to, to address community uh, needs identified by community members. And one of the needs that came is trust. We have a big problem of uh, BIPOC Black people trusting the physicians, trusting the hospital, coming to that what's known as ivory tower. And one of the uh, needs that will be addressed with this grant is building trust between the community and the hospital and between blackbirding people and the hospital. And uh, that's where we will work on creating this new collaborative model. I just want to add that I'm so glad to hear uh, Dr. Polnotnik say that where we should start is building the trust. Because I do agree that I before we can integrate doulas into a hospital setting is we need to develop those important trusting relationships and also um, have a co-learning environment in which providers understand and respect the role and the, the, what doulas bring to this work, uh, their talents, their expertise, um, why they have such great outcomes, actually better outcomes sometimes with um, pregnant people. And also doulas at the same time, I, it's important that they understand the role of the, the, the tending physician or the high risk physician, like exactly what, what are their priority areas and why, um, why they want to, be, to, to, to partner with doulas, right? And I, I do think that's the first place to start um, instead of just saying, okay, we want to hire doulas to work in a hospital setting. So many of the doulas that we currently work with, we subcontract with 11 doulas, and most of them do not have any desire of being hired and employed by hospital systems because they see firsthand the trauma that is being executed upon their clients. They see firsthand the harm that is being done uh, to birthing people. And they're often re-traumatized uh, as yes. well as their clients. So I'm really, this partnership is very important, not only to these two institutions, but also to our community and to our world. And, and there's been other sim similar initiatives across the uh, country of integrating doulas in the hospital setting. And oftentimes is. Um, presented with resistance. Mm -hmm. Yes. Point is that it's not just about having the people there, right? The doulas there, but actually having that space be safe and conducive with the, the service they provide and right. So important. Trust is huge. Um, and I think but it was kind of important to end end this episode with a little bit of a call to action for our listeners, how they might be able to get involved. I'm definitely going to um, share in the show notes links for um, the African-American Breastfeeding Network for Families and people's contact information. But Dr. Polotnik, I know in a, in a previous conversation we had, I learned that Medicaid does not cover dual services. So is there anything that MCW learners or other listeners could potentially do to maybe advocate in that area? Yes. <clears throat> so first, getting familiar 
with the statistics, knowing what is the problem. And, and, and the best way to start is I recommend for the learners to read the White House Blueprint for Addressing the Maternal Health Crisis. It has been published a year or two ago, and it reviews all the actions that the White House is planning to take. And one of the actions is to diversify perinatal workforce. As Tony said, we, the physicians, we don't look necessarily at the community that we serve. So how can we diversify? In, in addition to you know, di di diversifying the medical uh, you know, students and residents, also bringing the doulas. And, and the doulas are an important component of diversifying that perinatal workforce. Uh, so, so first is reading and getting familiar with that White House blueprint, reading about how other states implementing uh, Medicaid doula coverage. There's many states like Rhode Island, New Jersey, Maryland, D.C. that already implemented uh, Medicaid doula coverage. And with this new gain information, reaching out to your selected officials and policy stakeholders and supporting the local doula organizations such as ABN in their campaigns, volunteering, uh, reaching out to them, asking what uh, you guys can do. Um, to support, that would be a good start. Amazing. So lots of lots of potential ways to get involved. And as Tony said, that's the, that 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 act crucial. So I appreciate you all so much for being here to talk about this really important topic. I know we've talked about we might have to have another episode. As I said in the beginning, we could talk for days on this on this topic but i appreciate you all um for being sharing your wisdom and your stories and yeah thank you thank you thank you carrie and thank you for all the listeners who's going to take this to heart and do something with it thank you everyone Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Well, Well, Well. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any thoughts or ideas for the podcast, or you might feel passionate about a wellness topic you'd love to chat about as a very special guest, never hesitate to reach out to me on my MCW email. I leave it in the show notes. And we want this podcast to really be meaningful and valuable to you, our listeners. Thanks, everyone, and be well.